Conservative. Christian. Mother. Wife. Air Force veteran. Gun rights advocate. This is Stacy on the Right. Here's your host, Stacy Washington. That's right, it's me. Still me. <laughs> and I'm so glad to have you with us this evening. StacyOnTheRight.com and sharenetnow.org. Find out more about what we're doing. Put your information in there. We'd love to get you some emails and some phone calls to talk to you about our healthcare sharing ministry. Right now, welcoming into the show, back, first time in 2023, our good friend Terry Schilling, president of the American Principles Project at Schilling1776. Terry, Happy New Year. Hey, Stacy. Thanks so much for having me. Great to talk with you. <laughs> Glad you're here. So, Woo, lots going on. Uh, California really being out front with not just their desire to have abortion be their banner, but now the mutilation of children who are confused and the removal of parental rights. That's right. They uh, California declared themselves to be a sanctuary state uh, for transgender youth, which essentially means that they want the state to be able to take your kids. Right. They want to be the new parents. They, they, these progressives that are behind all of this, they would rather your kids be able to opt into sex changes. That's their path to happiness and fulfillment rather than their parents be able to say you can't do this until you're 18. It's absolutely insane. Um, I never – I mean I don't think anyone could have predicted this. <laughs> no, I, but we did have Governor Gavin Grusom actually making these kinds of announcements, like he talked about this. It's as if he was signaling to the state legislature to put this into motion, and they did. I mean, they worked together to make this happen. Right, and, and ultimately, they're, they're consolidating power, right? The, 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 the progressives and tyrants, they always destroy the family. Anytime they, that you want to take over a society or, or, or a community, you destroy the families because it's competition for authority it's a competition for loyalty and and these guys are it's like california has their families just broken so badly already the state's a total mess but they're still breaking down and destroying things it's absolutely fascinating to watch how humanity is unfolding here so now tell everyone exactly what they're doing because if if they're not aware of some of the coverage that we provided earlier on the show or they've maybe not seen the tweets about it um this is really dastardly because if you have some of the some of the situations that have already unfolded you have one parent who is non-custodial and the custodial parent is assisting the child with a gender transition and then when the non-custodial parent starts to protest and maybe go to court to try to stop it the custodial parent decamps to california where once they're within the state the parent can't do anything to get their child back no that's exactly right and there's actually a case uh, right now, where there's a father in Texas, the mother that had custody of the kids uh, moved to California just a few months ago, and that's their plan. Um, and he, there's conflict because of this law that passed. Uh, they have an agreement where she can't trans- transition the kid um, until um, without the permission of, of the father. Jeff Younger is, is his name, um, and he just got rejected uh, in court for challenging it. Um, his, he, he didn't want the wife to be able to move, but yeah, I know it's, this, this has real world effects. It's very real. It's happening and it could be your kids, right? I think a lot of times we don't look at this fully 
and consider like this could be us someday. Um, and that's, that's the horror show. Like think about having your kids taken from you and not being able to control their medical interventions that people are giving them. It's, it's, it's absolutely nuts. It's nuts. It's the kind of thing that you, it's a nightmare. It is an absolute nightmare. So let's, let's talk a little bit more about the, uh, the, the, the things that parents can maybe do to, to avoid this. I mean, obviously you, you really, you have to be careful nowadays. If you marry someone who is a Democrat, that person, if they really hold to Democrat party orthodoxy, current orthodoxy, that person could be a danger to the children that you would have with them. Like the, marrying outside of your, uh, your faith and your political persuasion can really be a road to destruction. That's right. That's right. I think number one is to take your family formation seriously, right? Choose your spouse. Don't choose them just because of their looks. Make sure you're choosing someone that, that you know, could think differently, but at least supports their country, right? Has the same religion, has the same outlook on America. That's number one. But number two, I think parents just socially need to be more involved with their kids, have more conversations with them, talk to them about you know, if they're a boy, talk to them about all the great things that boys do and, and what boys were meant to do. If they're a girl, do the same thing with them. There's so many great things. The, the, the most tragic thing about this whole transgender movement, when it comes, especially when it comes to kids, is they're getting to them to reject this incredible present of being a boy or this incredible present of being a girl. I have, I have both, right? I have three boys and three girls, and there's just something so special about each one of them. Um, and you have to reaffirm that with your kids. Don't let them get this stuff from YouTube and get gender confused in school. Have these conversations with them and really show them and teach them how cool it is to be a girl or how cool it is to be a boy. Yeah, and so, you know, it, it sounds almost like you want to teach them it's cool to be a girl, it's cool to be a boy. It, you do. You kind of want to say, hey, look, this, you know, mommy is a girl and this is what she can do. Here are some of the things mommy can do that daddy can't do. And you, you kind of focus on those things. So also going against the normative ridicule of boys. This starts immediately when little girls go to school. You know, girls rule, boys drool. Girls can do anything. Boys can't do anything. And so you mm-hmm. have children in your household who are coming home with these little slogans that they picked up at school. And you let them know, well, wait a minute, wait, are you saying that daddy can't do anything? Are you saying that your brother can't do anything? Make sure and personalize it, help them to understand how, yeah, the slogan sounds fun to say, but you have a real brother, you have a real dad, or maybe they don't have a real brother. Maybe maybe it's just all daughters. So you point out other young men in their lives, someone that they know from church, their neighbor, or their cousin, or their uncle. There are men in your life who actually do amazing things. And so it starts that early when they're in preschool, and then it's a continual reinforcement. And the Bible talks about how we're supposed to talk to our kids about Jesus morning, noon, and night, all day long. We're supposed to be doing that. Well, I include in that discipleship also teaching them normative things about their bodies, about the world around them, about our culture, about our country. It's a constant teaching and discipleship that parents are supposed to be engaged in. Right. And and if you're not having these moments with your kids, if you're not taking the time to do it, someone else is, 
and they're not going to have the same values that you have. That's the reality that we live in today is that parents have never had, had a harder time being able to influence their kids because we've never had kids being targeted so badly and so intensely by the media, by our broader culture, by, by Hollywood, by the Internet. I mean, the Internet is so pervasive and invasive in our lives and influential on our kids. We have to reclaim our authority as parents and our role, and we have to stop letting the Internet and strangers that we barely know uh, determine the values of our kids. Yeah, and, and it's that simple. But once we're far enough down that rabbit hole, then we end up with what's going on in California, where they're just setting it up so that parents can not just fight about their kids in divorce situations, but that one parent can spite the other parent by transitioning their child. And I know there's, there's, there's going to be somebody who emails me tonight. I can't believe you would say that parents would help their child transition out of spite to the other parent. Evil exists. Some people have bad motives. This is something that could be happening. And so instead of doing that, instead of caring for the kids, instead of getting them assistance, therapy, something that would help them get through this tough time, we're mutilating bodies and setting up lifelong irreversible situations. No, that's right. And you said it best, right? Evil exists. And it always will. People will do. I get that question. Oh, who? Who would do that? What type of parent would would unjustly give their kid a gender transition? A, a lot of people would. I mean, some parents kill their children. Some people, mm-hmm. some people do really horrible and horrific things to their kids and abuse them. Like, why is this? Why could it? How could it not be possible that the parents could be getting tricked into this by doctors and people exploiting their kids for profit? This yeah. happens. We're, we're flawed, and it, it's not even evil necessarily. Sometimes. Parents just make the wrong decision, <laughs> and they need protections by the law and by their neighbors to make sure that they can't get exploited. I'm a dad, right? I have I got six kids. I need all the help I can get. And if the laws there can be passed to protect my kids from being exploited from gender transitions, you bet I want that. Yeah, and I, I think the point you're making about you know when someone says, well, who would do that? Don't we all ask that question when we see that a mom has drowned her own children, right? It, it's, it's always, oh, you know, I don't know how they drown. Then later on you find out it's the mom, right? Or um, the stories about people who've killed their own kids. First the child is missing and then the police start looking at the parents. And then before you know it, you know, they're, they're literally convicting the parents or, the, or the, the husband here. That happened right here in St. Louis where that man killed his wife and two kids and then there was this big, huge manhunt because they thought that there'd been a home invasion or something. Turns out he did it, right? He he left and started living with his girlfriend someplace. And if it ha- wasn't for that, he would have gotten away with it if he could have just waited a little longer. So who would do that? Evil people would. And it happens all the time. So it's not about is there evil out there or who would do that? It's, you know, the law exists to protect the good and to exact judgment upon evil. That's why the law exists. So the law doesn't exist for the just, for the people who are saying, well, who would do that? Probably not you, but that's not who the law is for. The law is not for you. The one who's sitting there shocked and clutching your pearls or your popcorn or whatever you're clutching. You're, you're sitting there in shock because you can't imagine anybody doing that. This law is not for you. Um, but it's for the ones who would do it. That's why we have these laws and California is dismantling all of these. Um, these are systems that were set up to protect. 
No, that's right. And there's this weird thing with this progressive movement because it's so destructive. And you know it's destructive because it never stops consuming and destroying. Even when, like, like we just said, California is so far blue. It's so far gone. They're, they're never going to really turn things around politically unless something, a miracle happens, right? But it keeps consuming. It keeps destroying. And it's now going after parents. It can't just let you know conservative parents raise their kids. They have to take away that ability too, right? It's such a threat to their regime to even allow parents to veto a sex change for their kid, right? Like it just keeps consuming and destroying, and it's never satisfied. And it's a huge lesson for all of us. The left always acts like they just want one small little thing. By the time you know it, you're doing sex changes for little kids. You're putting porn in their kids' classrooms. You're, conf- you're putting poison in their girls' sports. Like, it just never stops. These are, these are sick people. But, again, when you point out the, the, the part about it, you know, just one sex change, this, this is one dad. This is not a movement. This, him protecting his one child from having a sex change is not stopping any of the other parents who are in unison who want their child to have a sex change. It, doesn't, it only impacts their one family. So you have one parent who's for it, one parent who's against, and you have a child in the middle. And you can't really pull the child because, remember, we don't ask children if it's okay for them to have a tattoo or any other kind of surgery, right? If it's an elective surgery, we don't ask kids. We don't ask kids, should, should you get veneers put on? Should you get your teeth capped? Should you get your nose done? We don't ask them those things because they're children. So the child's perspective in this, and, and as far as surgery and permanent life-altering uh, you know, actions interventions taken on the body these are things that don't actually involve the child's decision making matrix they're not in the matrix but for the parents if you have one parent who wants an aggressive treatment that is irreversible and life-changing and one parent who wants to wait usually the law would side with the parent who wants to wait because that's the logical thing to do if it's irreversible and life-changing but all of a sudden because of california will no longer have that option for any parent who you're in a custody battle, you're in a divorce, you're at loggerheads about what your child should do with their body. All the other parent has to do is take the child into the state of California and you've lost. That's right. And the really terrible thing is, is that this entire legal fight, this entire legislative fight to remove parental rights over this, it's all based on an enormous lie. And that lie is that gender, as the left would say, gender affirmation, I would say it's gender elimination uh, surgeries and treatments, gender elimination treatments actually don't have any effect on a kid's mental health, right? They say that uh, by, by, by allowing a kid to do these surgeries, they're saving their life. They're keeping them from harming themselves and committing suicide. There's no evidence of that. In fact, the only evidence we have shows the exact opposite that it either gets worse or it stays the same and once you start realizing all of this you see a very sinister industry that's making billions of dollars off of these poor little kids and even adults right like they're they're manipulating exploiting them but it's an evil industry we need to stop thinking about this transgender stuff as a movement as a political movement instead realize that it's an industry that's exploiting people and taking advantage of a confused uh, sexual minority. Yep. They're taking advantage and the parents. So we already know what's coming down the pipeline 
it's parents who, you know, they're, you know, the end of marriages when parents were together and in unison helping with these sex changes and these transitions, lawsuits against the doctors and psychotherapists, and even some of these uh, school districts that are helping kids transition in secret behind their parents' backs. All of these things are going to start coming up in lawsuits. All of these actions are going to be reckoned with, and it's going to be the kids themselves as adults, sterilized, uh, unable to have a family of their own, unable to distinguish themselves as one gender or the other because of the surgeries and the hormones. They're going to be the ones fighting back at that point. And, you know, politicians like Gavin Newsom will have gone off into their millions and billions. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll still be untouchable. But there will be some people who have to pay a price for um, for assisting with this. I think that's right. Um, I do. My fear, uh, it, you're already starting to see that happen now, right? That there are a, a, a handful of detransitioners now that are, you know, waging lawsuits against these doctors and the people that gave them double mastectomies, right, to transition or really, you know, eliminate their gender. Um, and they're now suing and fighting back. I, I think the thing that worries me is that a lot of times people become so sick and they become so hurt. Um, and it can be from these gender transitions, but it, a lot of times they will misdiagnose why they're so miserable and they'll continue to cause even more damage and harm, right? So I think the bigger uh, risk that I'm worried about is that a lot of these people don't connect the dots. They don't realize that the gender transition was a mistake or they don't want to admit that because it's so personal and it's such a shameful thing to admit that they start blaming other people and then you cause more dysfunction. And I think ultimately that's why a lot of this leads to like, you know, sexualizing kids in school, right? Like talking to them about sexual matters in kindergarten, right? That was the kindergarten through third grade. That was Ron DeSantis's bill. It said it, it, parental rights education said you can't talk to kids about sex in kindergarten and third grade without the parents' knowledge. That's what had the left out, all outraged. Um, it's nuts. And, and so I, I think that's my nightmare scenario that I'm, I'm just, that keeps me up at night is I think that they'll misdiagnose the problem and start blaming us uh, and, and cause more dysfunction. Well, I mean, you know, they, they've blamed Republicans for other things. I, I still think <laughs> at the end of the day, the children remember having had their first, you know, the gender closet, all that stuff. They know what happened at school. And they know the people, you know, we all remember our third grade teacher. These kids are going to remember the teachers who helped them transition. I mean, these people have these big, huge social media accounts where they own all of this stuff and they're very proud of it. So it's going to be hard to decouple themselves from this. I think what they'll say is you made the decision. This was on you. Your parents didn't mm -hmm. have to let you do this. You can't blame me for helping you. You're ungrateful. You should never have received help from me. You know what I mean? I, I can envision yeah. them taking it to that level and blaming, blaming the, victim. the victim. Right. They do that yep. with everything else. Why not this? Yeah. No, that's a very good point. This is a cruel movement, right? And they're already saying stuff like this, right? Like when, when a detransitioner comes out, the, the transgender industry will come back and they'll say, no, 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 that person, they misdiagnosed themselves. No, no, no. They were misdiagnosed and then pushed along by corrupt psychologists and corrupt doctors who shouldn't even be allowed to do these surgeries and hormone treatments, right? There's a very interesting thing. Uh, I was talking to Addison Smith today on OAN, and there's a very interesting thing. You know, we give this drug known as Lupron 
mm-hmm. it's the drug that the left says blocks puberty. When we give it to sex offenders, we call it a chemical castration drug, right? But when we give it to a little boy uh, who's 11, who's 12, about to go through puberty, we call it a gender affirmation drug. Right? Like, think about the lie and the propaganda that's tied into the terms that they use just from that example. Why is it a chemical castration drug for sex offenders, but a, a gender affirmation drug uh, for little kids? Like, one of these is not right, right? Like, one of these is a lie. And, and we all know it's, it's that this is not an affirmation drug whatsoever. Nope. Not at all. Well, it's always so fantastic to have you here with me. Uh, thank you so much for your time tonight. And, of course, the six kids, you're winning all day. I mean, some of us, we, we only just got started because we have three kids, and you have six. <laughs> it's the best part of my life. We just had a, a baby girl about uh, eight and a half months ago. Her name's Abby. She's got she's her first one with red hair and blue eyes. Uh, I never hair. thought I could make a blue-eyed baby, but apparently I can. Well, and red hair, too. Okay, well, I'm going to yeah. be going to your accounts to see if I can get, a, get lay eyes on this, the newest one. I'm sure they're all just each one cuter than the one before. Thank you so much. It's such a joy to have you here in 2023. I look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, Stacey. Talk soon. <laughs> all right. Talk soon. Bye, Terry. Oh, they have a new baby at their house. Isn't that fun? Okay, so um, me and my, my producer were like screaming in our chat, baby, new baby. We love it. Um, congratulations to the Schilling family. All right. We will be back with more 866-957-2874, 866-95-PATRIOT.